This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to episode 13 of The One Was Had A Dream. My name is Lee Finch uh, and I will be joined by Danny Baker and uh, Daniel Lewis. Uh, Today we're going to be speaking about the defeat to Cambridge. Then we're going to move on to what we want from the next Don's Trust Board. We'll discuss the game on Saturday in the FA Cup against Geisley. Is it a potential banana skin? And then we'll talk about Aaron Ramsdale and is he the best loan we've ever had? And we'll just talk about Aaron, really, what a nice guy he was. But let me welcome our guests onto the show, as ever, Danny Baker and Daniel Lewis. How are we, boys? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good evening, good everybody. Are we all right? Yeah, why, why are you talking in that weird voice? I'm just trying to lighten the mood, Lee. I've, oh, been, right, on right. I've been on Twitter. Oh, sheesh, <laughs> kebab. I know we're going to come to it, but it's been incredibly taxing to read it and very very sad to see that some of the conversations have gone the way that they are but um let's we cheer ourselves up and talk about cambridge <laughs> yeah before we move like yeah we'll, we'll talk we've got the don Strauss stuff coming on we've got the stuff regarding the volunteer charter and stuff and we'll, we'll talk about that after the cambridge defeat we'll talk about cambridge first and then we'll move into all the, the don's trust stuff and as you said the uh the stuff going on on facebook and the uh cancel culture and and the uh censorship and stuff like that which will be interesting but yeah cambridge uh it was poor wasn't it really boys go on dan kick us off uh yes yeah again uh a good day out with your mates is uh is spoiled by the football uh sorry dan did you go with baker i went with baker so oh, so you yeah, said I... you went with your mates so <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah. that, that, that's it, really, really mean. 
All right, so we, we, we had to invite him. Can you uh, stop doing that, please? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. Cambridge was nice, uh, but again, we didn't start very well. Uh, first half, I think we had one header in the first half. It yeah. was a good save by the keeper, but ten minutes before that, they missed an easy header from six yards out, so we could have been already one nil down. The goal, I actually missed the goal because I was coming back from the bar because it took us about 20 minutes to get a pint. Uh, but looking at it again, it's a long ball. There's probably three chances to clear the ball. All headers. I think Alexander headers the ball into the box to their defenders. Uh, and then again, another header straight to their player goal. Yeah, from the, the, their goal is really disappointing. From... Like Henry Lawrence should deal with it, I think. But if you watch it again, I swear he gets a shout from Ben Hennigan because why would he leave the ball to bounce in the middle of the box like that? But yeah, it's just a ridiculous goal to concede. I don't know what your two view on at the moment, but Assal looks dead on his feet. He, he looks was tired. absolutely dreadful, bless him. We were standing and watching it and we were just like, he looked knackered. I don't honestly but think... Who would you put in instead, though? But then... Who'd you put in instead? He definitely should have come off after about an hour from Mabude. And I know it might be or whatever. Mm-hmm. To be honest, you could have played with 10. He just, he had no attacking energy going forward. We were saying, and that we were saying, me and Dan on the way back, that I always felt that their right winger, I don't know what his name was, every time he got the ball, he looked to attack. He looked to go mm-hmm. at um, Alexander every single time. Every time Asal got it, he would check back, he'd want to pass back. There was no sort of dynamism in his play. I mean, he is young and we know that we're going to get these with our younger players, but I, I just thought, I don't know what you think, Dan, but I just thought he looked absolutely knackered and he just was well, like, he needs a breather. Well, yeah, a sal, uh, a second half, I can't remember him even, he obviously did touch the ball, but I can't remember him actually doing anything with the ball. He's obviously tired, so he obviously needs a rest. Mabude was there. He must, he could have given us 20 minutes when Guinness Walker and Palmer came on. We had a 10, 10, 15 minute spell. Well, we looked okay. Guinness Walker put in three good crosses. Uh, Palmer won every header. Uh, obviously, Presley was struggling in the first half. Uh, they did okay for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we had a header which at the outside of the post. Radoni missed, I don't know what, I don't know, he missed it six yards out and he <laughs> had it straight at the keeper. But that doesn't, you know, you can't say, oh, we deserve to get anything from the game because. We looked very, very tired, and four of our players, I wouldn't even have been able to tell you they were even playing. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Dan, with the the, the fact that our players are knackered. Uh, Presley looks knackered. McCormick looks knackered, even though he hasn't played that many minutes, but then he's just getting over a cold. And Booty, I don't know why he didn't come on. If he's not fit enough to be on the bench, why mm-hmm. is he on the bench? But again, it shows our strength in depth that we don't have the players to put on the bench. We'd have probably gone there with six subs instead of seven. I just, yeah, we're struggling, I think, with fitness. I think we're going to move on to guys obviously later on in the uh, episode, but I think it's a great time to be playing uh, a team like that. And then having a week off as well will give our players some breathing space to to take that rest that they need. I just was so frustratedly, and we speak a lot about, and we were even on the way back, we were talking about it. We are We play ourselves on this sort of young, dynamic style of football. Cambridge, their goalkeeper hits the ball as, as high up as I've ever seen. It was mm-hmm. massive. There were like massive bombs going up in the air and their centre forward Ironside is okay. All he, The whole game, the moment Palmer came on, Cambridge showed exactly what they're about. They were panicking. They hadn't won in ages. All they did was launch it and we were not able to deal with 
the, 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 the scrappy stuff, the dirty stuff. And it's just a classic example of a team. This is why I'd really worry about us in a cup game against a team in the league below who just hang it up. We are going to struggle dealing with the physical aspect of our game. Even on a corner, when you looked at the squad, I was looking around, we're all kind of paper thin, not particularly battle hardened. It's not their fault. I'm not saying it's their fault at all. We've, we've bought into a sort of a culture, but the Cambridge game was definitely a game. We spoke about it last week was an opportunity to get a result and to lose one nil to a really pants goal was so frustrating. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes feel obviously you don't want to say too many bad things about Robertson because I think he's doing a good job with what he's got. Us sometimes when I go to the games, I sometimes feel that he tries to get too involved in trying to beat the other team at their game. And we get involved in a long ball game rather than just saying, well, let's just play our game. And on Saturday, Cambridge were putting out to the right, the keeper, I think three times the keeper hit, hit his straight to our keeper. Uh, and we got a sour McCormick and Madoni. We couldn't get the ball down to play to them. No. Uh, just quickly, I did read a stat yesterday on Twitter. I can't remember the guy's name who put it on there, uh, saying it, it it probably is true. But he said, uh, out of the top four leagues, uh, we've conceded more league goals in the first 15 minutes after half time than anyone else. Yes, it is madness. Guys, do we worry? What point are we as fans thinking? See, I, I, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to say this to you two. It's the first time uh, the weekend I saw. Some people actually going against Robbo. I saw a couple of tweets. I know it will only be a small fraction, but we are now one win in eight. We've just lost to a team who hadn't won in eight, who lost 4-1 to Shrewsbury the week before we yeah. played them. I know they went and beat Morecambe during the week. Uh, an absolute wonder goal as well, if anyone's seen it, the volley. Yeah, that volley, left foot yeah, volley. I'm real yeah, from Cambridge. Right, reminds me of one of my goals. <laughs> but it always seems like we play teams who are on the downwards downward spiral and yeah. then they play against us it's the same as last season they play against us and then boom they get a win and then they start winning games and yeah yeah we're one... worrying then when do i mean oh. are we are we at that point yet I, I i thought this month's gonna be huge we cheltenham's now been postponed yeah yeah i said top well i think we needed to play that game but I, I i'm starting to worry now a little bit okay. i am well i'm trying to buy into the processes and the elite mentalities and stuff. I didn't see anything from the team on Saturday against Cambridge where I thought, yeah, we could show up it here and we're, we're just dropping like a stone at the moment. Dan, you worried yet? Uh, not really. Uh, I think that if you look at the bottom four, I think especially teams like, I can't see Doncaster getting out of it. Crew, uh, they look pretty poor. Yeah. Uh, but our next game is Portsmouth away. Uh, that could that could go one of two ways. We could we could have a blinder and come out with a victory, or we could get completely spanked. But I'm not I'm not overly worried. I think maybe yeah, the players might want uh, or the fans sorry might want the Cheltenham game to be on because they might want another game to get the Cambridge League game out of the system. But it's another week off. Uh, will Marsh be back after the Cheltenham game? Will he be back for Portsmouth? Will they, Palmer will be fresher? Mabudi should be fresher. So it might it might do us a favour. I, I have got faith in Robinson. I do think that uh, he knows what he, he obviously knows what he's doing. But I do think that he's obviously got a plan. Uh, and we do seem to play better football against better teams. So maybe Portsmouth away might be might be a game for us to turn it around. 
So I just my my problem at the moment is like Lincoln was a brilliant result that no one really saw. I know we drew with Sheffield Wednesday, but you think for seventy minutes against Sheffield Wednesday we were absolute dog, and they could have been three or four new up against us before we turned it round. But Burton, uh, we were poor last Burton, minute. we were oh. poor, and it, it just looks it's like there's nothing in the games at the moment where I think, oh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna win this easy, or we're gonna play some good football for the whole game. Like we're not even playing decent football now at the moment either. Do you know what I mean? Lincoln was decent. It was. You can't take that away from him. But it hasn't been great for a little while, and I do worry a little bit. You you worried, Dan? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, because personally, even if we finish bottom by a way, I would, I would be like, we need a longer-term manager with a longer-term plan. And at the start of the season, I said, if we have Robbo in, you've got to give him a year and a half to two years and say, whatever happens, we have him. He kept us up. We've got off to... Uh, uh, what I will say, and I keep saying it, is I haven't enjoyed watching Wimbledon as much as I have this year for mm-hmm. a while, playing some pro- quality football. We all kind of understand what Robo's trying to do. I, I don't worry about him at all in terms of the fact of, like I said, if we even were relegated, I'd still keep him. But I'm curious as to, I wonder whether he's having a, a worry and particularly he's kind of, in, which is interesting and I respect him massively for it. He's put a mast out. This is the way we're going to do it and we're sticking with our guns and this is how we play. Um, and the way that once the weather turns, the pitches get heavy and the fixture list piles up. We saw on Saturday that we can't compete with teams who are going to be bullies and, and try mm-hmm. and be physical. We cannot do that. And once you get into end of November, all of January, all of February, the Christmas period is not great on the pitches that we've got. Luckily at Planland, we've got a belting pitch, but going to some places, it's not going to suit our style and we're going to have to find a way. And with the injuries that we've got for the length that we've got, I feel I don't worry now at all. And like I said, if you got relegated, it is what it is. But we, we're, we're going to need some reinforcement, which will be a very interesting thing when we talk about later on how we want to go about that. But I'm not worried. But I think Robbo is definitely looking around the squad thinking um, we're a player like. I just I, I want to say one positive from the Cambridge game that I saw was... and he's, SpongeBob? He, no, yeah, not SpongeBob. But he's taken a lot of criticism. He's taken a lot of it from us on here. Is Dan Shoker Dan Shocker? Dan Shocker. I thought, yeah. I thought he had an actually decent game. I thought he, yeah. he stood up. No, he's not. He don't normally play in a uh, two. He usually plays. He's used to playing in a three, and maybe they've been working with him on the, the on the playing in a two. But I thought we actually had a decent game with Ben Ennegan. He weren't at fault for the goal. Uh, I didn't think he'd done any mad mistakes, and he actually looked quite solid. So that was one positive to come out of it. Fullbacks again looked. I don't know why Henry Lawrence doesn't start games and why he was on the bench again. He's one of our best. No, he started Cambridge, didn't he? No, he came on. Did he really? Yeah, he didn't. Did he start? I thought he started. Yeah, Lawrence Lawrence, Lawrence and Alec Garner. Sorry, he went off. He went off. He went off for Guinness Walker, yeah. He went off. Sorry, he went off. Why is he going off instead of Shea? He's beyond me. Do you know what I mean? To be fair, I couldn't even remember that a minute ago. But yeah, he, he should, he should, I don't know why he's got, I thought Shay I mean, was to be awful fair, against Cambridge. the last couple of games, I don't think he's been particularly good either. Um, yeah, but, but he's I been better than Shay Alexander. I, don't, I mean, I don't think anyone, and like I said, when you've got young players, you have to understand the fact that they're lacking experience. And that game was crying out for somebody in the middle of the pitch to grab the game by the ball hmm. and just go, right, I'm going to grab this game here and I'm going to tell you what to do and, and marshal the groups out of it. I'm not saying the you know, Darius would have done that or anybody else or another player, but we were missing an experience. Head. And it did show the moment Palmer came on, 
all Palmer did was whack one bloke. That was it. Mm. All come up. He whacked someone, didn't he, Dan? And all of a sudden, the whole crowd went mental. They were panicking. He yeah. got he got a bit physical, passed it across. Crosses were coming in. He was taking two players. But there wasn't a single time I saw Presley in particular, I thought, was, was ineffective. Again, tried hard, but completely lack of quality, bless him. Not one he just player, looked absolutely exhausted. Didn't he? But, Not one player looked to go behind. There wasn't what, once when a player was like, Presley will get it, flick it on, we'll go. Nobody. I was going to say, we've got, we've got guys that are coming up, then we've got a, a rest. Do we work on another formation now where we have Palmer and Presley playing up front together? Because Presley can't play on his own. He, he can't. We, we've seen that. He's played, I think, one decent game on his own, which was against Lincoln. Uh, but I think he, he will, he will, I think he'll do better when he has someone like Palmer just battering, ram, ramming people, and then Prezi will get the touch, bang, good finish goal. You know, like Force did when think, he was coming. But I, I, I just don't think I don't think one up front is working for us because we're not getting the. But is Presley going to be on the pitch even with a two? Is he going to be better than the player that you got to sacrifice in another position, which is probably a Sal Radoni, um, Mabule possibly um, McCormick. McCormick. You're going to have to but get McCorm- one McCormick's of them. Not, McCormick's, not, McCormick's not pulling up trees at the moment. A Sal looks knackered, and Radoni. I don't think again. I don't think he's really showing anything that you wouldn't think if he got dropped on Saturday, you wouldn't go, oh, that's a surprise. No, Sorry, Dan, Dan. What do you think? Dan. No, I think it might be interesting to try two up top. I mean, the other thing you could also try, I think Saturday was crying out for it, where when he brought Palmer and Guinness Walker on, uh, he was maybe thinking that Asal was going to get a second wind and do something in the last 20 minutes. When that wasn't going to happen, he could have then put Mabudi on and put Mabudi up top with Palmer. And I just think, well, you could put a two up and it might, It'll change how Cambridge are thinking about it, how they're defending, especially set pieces. Again, we had two or three set pieces, and I actually think Guinness Walker put in some good crosses. Yeah, but the, I think three of them literally landed on literally on the penalty spot, and there was no one there. Uh, uh, get what you say about Radoni. One of our guys who was with us on Saturday, Nick, was screaming at him all game. Completely. Yeah, it's. Again, it's like every game he misses a sit. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does Non-stop. miss a sit every game. My, 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 I was going to say to you boys before we wrap up talking about the, the Cambridge game is that again, I said it, it's strength in depth. Like that's how, like last year when we, Robbo came in and we started doing really well, is we played two up front and we were winning going because we mm-hmm. had we had men in the box as you said then. Balls were going into the penalty area and again into the penalty spot, and we had people there to to win headers. There was Pig, there was Palmer, there was, do you yeah. know what I mean, ourselves. There was things like that. Where at the moment we're not getting men in the box. We've got one or two in there, and that's it against five other defenders. I think last year when Robbo came in and we did well and we got out of trouble is when we had two up front. And I think I know you said he's put his mask in the ground and said this is how we're going to play, but you need to have a plan B. And this is what Glenn Hodges downfall was that he didn't have a plan B. Well, Wally Downs didn't have a plan B. Neil Hardley didn't have a plan B. Robbo has to have well, a plan this B. Will be, this will be a fascinating period. And it's and it's a good one for us because we've been, we had a, a good start. And like I said, ultimately, I, I always think that you need to be um, a point a game by Christmas as a minimum, just to keep up up and up with the Joneses. And we're two points ahead of that. <laughs> I, I still look at the league table and I yeah. still think Crew, Doncaster, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, Morecambe, are all not as good as us, and Cheltenham are slightly above us, and I think we're better than them. Yeah. So I don't, and I, I don't even think Cambridge were particularly good, to be honest with you. But they they no. bullied us out of the game. It's just a question now. Every team has that bad run. I'm praying to God that this is ours, and that if we have, even if we lose on Saturday, 
if we, you know, we have we've had a one in nine, we can't afford another one, another one in nine somewhere along this along the line. If if we want to be mid table pushing upwards, if we just want to be surviving, then we're fine. We're two points clear, game in hand. Shrewsbury's mm-hmm. goal difference is pathetic. Um, people like Morecambe once stopped and stopped scoring. They're going to take yeah. out of it and they're going to struggle. Gillingham have looked pretty poor, but at the same yeah. time. You think about this, is the th- and this is the thing that worries me. We feel that we've had a pretty decent season. Gillingham, we think, have been terrible, and there's a point to yeah, yeah. And that's the concern. I just, I want to. What I don't want to happen is when you had we had seasons, probably two or three seasons in a row, where you get into this point of the season, December, January, where you go into every game thinking. Are we going to score? Are we going to scrape a point? Are we going to score with 10 minutes to go and win 1-0? Going to Plough Lane has been so good so far because the football's been so good, barring probably Burton. You don't really, I don't really want to have to go through another two months where you go into the game thinking, oh, a point yeah, at home yeah, to yeah, prove exactly a good result. Where start the season, uh, like the Oxford game, for example, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that was fantastic. No, I agree. But, uh, boys, well, I think we'll wrap it up there regarding the... Cambridge result, uh, and next we'll be discussing the Don's Trust. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back, uh, and as I said previously, we're going to be discussing the Don's Trust. Uh, many people might think, well, why is Dan? Lewis on the pod tonight. I thought it was going to be Colin and Niall. Uh, unfortunately, we pulled that. We cancelled that. Uh, both of them are involved in the up-and-coming Don's Trust elections uh, with 12 others. So please make sure you, if you are a member, read all manifestos and vote appropriately as you wish. Uh, we pulled it as we were contacted by the Don's Trust board uh, regarding the episode and they wanted us to sign a volunteers charter uh, which we were not comfortable in doing as it kind of restricts, not restricts, they're not trying to restrict what we say, but it kind no, it of does. does. It does restrict. It do, yeah, it does. It does restrict it. If you read it properly, it does restrict what we say. If people make complaints, we could have had to take stuff off where we are an independent podcast. We are by the fans. All fans are welcome with all views. Uh, people have said it's it was because of the elections, which is false. We've not, We've never been told it's due to elections that they that they couldn't come on. We were actually told that Niall would be pressured to not come on if we hadn't signed the volunteers charter, and uh, which I thought was a bit out of order. To be fair, that he would be pressured to not come on, yeah, uh, just because we were unwilling to sign it. And he uh, Niall did want to come on. Niall wanted to come on and speak to us. We prearranged quite a bit of the podcast. Like next week's show, we've got three ex CCL footballers coming on. So we have to prearrange it. And it was prearranged that Colin and Niall would come on to speak about fan ownership. And this was before Colin had even put that he was going to be going for the Don's Trust board. So Colin was a fan. We saw that they, Colin and Niall had quite a fiery exchange on Facebook, on socials regarding fan ownership. So we thought we'd get two fans on to discuss fan ownership and me and Dan would discuss it as well with them. Uh, and then obviously... Elections came up, and as I said, we got told that uh, we got approached by Alex first from the ESG to say that just make sure it's fair between the two of them because they are going to be going for the elections. 
And we said, of course we would. We, we were always going to make sure it's fair. Me and Dan would just be the referees to have a chat about fan ownership. Nothing to do with elections. We wouldn't even mention elections at the time. Didn't even know. I'd, to be fair, I didn't even know elections were going on. No, uh, I, I generally didn't either. I mean, Lee, can I just jump in at this point? Yeah, of course you can, mate. Go on. Um, one of the big things, and obviously I'm very grateful for you, Lee, for what you've what allowing me to be part of this sort of community. And to be honest, the one thing I've always said is if you're going to do this and do it properly, we need to be able to be able to be completely honest with, with us as fans. We are Wimbledon fans who watch games. First and foremost, we're always going to be honest and independent and have those opinions spoken about. And I think it's important that what you get is an honest fan talking honestly about AFC Wimbledon. And people may like it, people may dislike it. Hopefully, the fact that you're listening means that you have got an appreciation for what we're trying to do. Um, but it is important to be honest. And I think that I particularly was very proud that Lee decided not to not to sign up to anything. It's just because I think that we don't want to dilute what we're trying to put out. We're not trying to kid anybody. We're not trying to sway anybody. What I will say, though, just a couple of things on this, is that any fan who wants to come on our podcast, we would love to welcome you. I don't care what background, where you're from, anything, elections or non-elections, you are very, very welcome. Most of the fans that we have, we, and the thing that was frustrating is that we put adverts out regarding who would like to come on the podcast. And there was nobody um, that I remember or spoke to Lee about who wanted to come forward from the Don's Trust to speak. Um, and I was just a bit disappointed because this was a massive opportunity for us and you listeners as fans to get some proper information about how the club is run, how we are looking to move forward and how the Don's Trust are hoping to support our club. And I think that's the big thing for me. It was an opportunity that we could have shared. Yes, we were going to share a debate, but it was an information exchange of, of things that, frankly, although we've read it, and obviously Dan spoke earlier about reading things on manifestos, which is great, but we could have actually got some genuine information spoken to us in a language that everyone can understand. And I thought that was the big loss from this week. We've obviously, luckily, we've got Dan, but it was a, a missed opportunity and hopefully an opportunity that will come up and we can sort it out and we'll have conversations with other people moving on. But uh, that's my little piece on that, Lee. No, I agree. And I, 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 there's a couple other things I've got to say just to make sure that people are aware that uh, we were asked to sign the chart and when we said no, uh, we got told, OK, let us discuss it and we'll come back to you. Uh, which there was no point of saying, oh, we think it could happen. It was, we'll come back to you. Which for me, that sounded like, oh, they, they might not come back and say you can't do it. Or you can't have no one, or you 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 will be able to, and maybe that was my misinterpretation, or that maybe wasn't uh, put in the email properly. Uh, but by that time, me and Danny wanted to get stuff in place to make sure that we had an episode coming out on Thursday, so we decided to pull it anyway. Because for one, I don't think we should have even been asked to sign a volunteers charter. We're not volunteers of the club, so why are we signing a charter that? that is for volunteers and people that are helping out the club. Not saying we don't want to help the club, but we want, as Danny said, honest views and everything we put out. As I said, I have got loads of respect for Robbo. Love Robbo to bits. I've spoken to him personally on many occasions. But I do want to be coming on here and saying I can be critical of Robbo without anyone getting upset about it. Uh, and we understand what they're trying to do. And we, we totally get the reason why it's in place. There's no animosity or anything like that. It's just correct. a shame. Um, it's a missed opportunity for our point of view. And what it does mean is that we can continue to be, to be honest, which I think is. Yeah. Is and, and then, and then we got told, please put, put it back on with Niall and uh, Colin. 
Uh, but I decided that we'd go against it because a lot of it was being led that we had to then interview all candidates with regards to uh, a vibrant election, which is which is brilliant. I'd 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 love to, I'd I would like to speak to all candidates, but we're not a political podcast. We are a so fans podcast. Six weeks, six weeks of like constantly different people talking about the same and, and, and and I said and I, I said to the Don's Trust that, that to be fair, the nine years do a great job with the hustling. Yeah, they do a fantastic job. And, mm-hmm. and 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 they do a brilliant job. And we're a we're a small time podcast at the moment, even though we are big with content. Small time, big blokes. Yeah, big content, <laughs> small podcast. But the nine years do a good job. Uh, and and I, I'm happy for them to go ahead and do it. We just wanted a debate regarding fan ownership, pretty much regarding the Dunn's Trust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll... Dan, just to, mm-hmm. just to get us, I'm going to sidestep us. You've obviously <laughs> seen some of the social media stuff. What do you make of like the fans' reaction to it? Are people being over the top? Uh, is this something that could create a bigger divide than it needs to? What What have you read? What have you made of it? Yeah, I think if you, I'm not on Facebook, but especially on uh, especially on Twitter, I think if you if you read some of the comments directed to people and about people that are uh, candidates and are going up for nomination. It is something which is a little bit worrying when you've got what what are essentially all supporters of the same club and they're all going at each other. He can't say that. He can't say that. I don't want to debate with him because he doesn't know what he's talking about. We're all supporters of AFC Wimbledon. uh, And I just think, I think sometimes they just need to sort of take a step back and, Rather than vent their anger about a nomination on, on Twitter, maybe read the manifesto or even go to a game and approach one of the candidates and actually talk to them and actually get to know them before they go on social media and hide behind a keyboard and start having a slangy match with them. And in general, Dan, on a general topic before we bring Lee in, are you happy with where the club are going? Are you happy with the sort of how the club is run? Are you? I mean, I know we spoke a little bit earlier that you're not in the Don's trust, but what, what are you happy with it at the moment? You feel quite yeah. I mean, I, I, as as a as a supporter, uh, I'm mostly not a season ticket. I live in Hampshire, but uh, I'm not a season ticket holder. Uh, I've been a, a member, obviously, back in the Sellers days and a season ticket holder in the Sellers days. But I moved to Hampshire. I I do think the club is well run. Obviously, we've got a lot of people that are willing to put their head on the block to do more good work for the club. So that, that's a good thing. Uh, but I just think as a, a supporter who's not in the Don's Trust, like myself, I pay, you know, £20 to get there on the train. I pay £20 to get in. I buy merchandise, not AFC related, but I pay £100 a month Sky as well. And I just think, you know, there's, there is money to be spent elsewhere as opposed to just putting money into the Don's trust uh, but I just want to be a fan that goes and watches football Fair enough, well I've just got I, I, was, I saw bizarrely Niall Cooper's comment on the Don's trust members survey so just interested, I've got a couple of the, couple of big ones interested as to whether you think the Don's trust survey, and of course it, I understand that it's just Don's trust but is it I always feel, and I don't know how you feel about this Lee, that the Don's trust is Basically, the people that who represent us as fans, right? That's and how therefore, it's to, that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah, and our fans, what we feel should be reflected and worked on. I am not sure. Ninety-six percent of the entire fan base support fan ownership. I'm not sure that thirty-four percent say that the environmental sustainability is extremely important. 
I'm just curious as to whether you where, where you sit with that, whether you think that the Don's Trust at the moment, of course, they only operate with who is on the board and we respect that completely and whoever's on a Don's Trust member. But is it fully representing the, the, the requests, desires, ambitions of Wimbledon fans? I, no, I, I, I get the two part. I do get two, the two sides that people say that you have to join a Don's Trust to have a vote. Yeah. But anyone could join a Don's Trust to have a vote. So we could get... 5,000 MK fans who could go, right, I'm going to join the Don's Trust and I can vote on anything that Wimbledon fans want. Do you know what I mean? They can. Yeah. Anyone can join the Don's Trust and vote. I I, I don't agree that it's, that's 96% of the Don's Trust members. That's not Correct. 96% of Wimbledon fans. Yeah. I, I don't know how many Don's Trust members we have. I, don't, I think the turnout for that was 34%. 40%, I thought. Oh, yeah, I thought it was between, yeah, around about 40%. So that's not a great turn. They, well, that's they, four in ten, Lee. Just so if you know what percentages are, <laughs> four out of ten people. But, yeah? but that's seen as a good result because not a lot of people have voted pre- like have done the survey before, right? <laughs> You're laughing to yourself trying oh, to mug me yeah, up, yeah. right? But this <laughs> is a serious. I'll do averages next week. Don't worry. Dan, this is a serious subject at the moment, so I'd like Sorry, to take mate. it seriously, please. Order, order. Well, otherwise, yeah. But I, I just, I, I think we need to open it up to a wider. The fan base and, and and how do we get Dan Lewis on board to the Don's Trust? How do I, how do we get me and you back to join the Don's Trust? How do we you know we had Jamie Slevin on here, it was brilliant, and he he really sold us a dream back joining the Don's Trust. And the comms, again, we, we talk about comms of the club. The comms are so bad at the moment. I didn't even know that if your membership lapsed, you had to join by the 30th of October to vote for the elections. I went to join again because I want to vote for the elections, but I can't. People said it has been put out there. Do you two remember seeing anything? Or you thought, well, actually, I better join because it means I can't vote on the elections. I, I can't remember seeing it. And, and people go, well, it was there, it was there. It's like, but make sure people know. Like When people buy season tickets, say to them, you can put in extra £2.50 a month or extra whatever it is, and you get a Don's Trust member, which means you can vote on anything. Because to be fair, most of the time, most, most of the time, we're voting on boring stuff, aren't we? It's quite boring. It is... Right. But why then don't you do it, Lee? Why don't I mean? Let, let, I know Dan was talking about it, and you said about about you know merchandise and Dan travels in and stuff, and I totally get that, right? But at the same time, it's twenty five quid, it's fifty p a week because I'm obviously I know my division, Lee. <laughs> why don't we do it? I am I, we're not, none of us three do it, but it's twenty five quid a year. Why are we not doing it? And it's I don't fair. know why. I don't know it's, why I don't do it. Do you know why? Because it's boring most of the time. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I sorry, I don't want to be a. I don't want to. I don't care what pies we have. I will moan about them, but I don't care at the long run. You know what I mean? I'll probably, I'll probably say it's shit. But I'll buy one the next week. I, I want to be. I do want with the big. Sorry, Dad. I do want to be included in the big decisions, like when we nearly looked Plough Lane was going to be a shell. I joined the Don's Trust. I have a vote on that, so we didn't lose the club and stuff like that. I, I joined the Don's Trust because thing. Uh, to, to vote on the elections because I think where well, there's a couple of candidates I don't want to get in where there actually is a couple of candidates I do think should vote so I think well actually I do but I, I, most of the time it is quite boring I think ha, sorry Dan have your point and I'll, I'll ask yeah, a question I, after I think that is probably the reason uh, it's not necessarily to, it is and it isn't to do with the money I suppose uh, I think the reason why I don't I'm not a member of the Don's Trust is just because I'm not into the the boring side of it, the voting, the political side of it. I think if there was maybe something in there where if you're a member of the Don's Trust, you are also an automatic member. So rather than having a stadium card separate, I know the club have got to do other, other things to raise money other than just being a season ticket holder or an investor. But if they said maybe if you're a member of the Don's Trust, you also get uh, 
say, I don't know, even if it's a voucher in the club shop or even if a drink was cheaper or uh, if you've got better priority access to tickets, something like that, or if it was literally, if you're a member of the Don's Trust, that automatically means you are, that is your membership to the club. I, I wouldn't necessarily mind paying, you know, even 30 quid, whatever it is. But I don't, I don't, I don't, the main reason why is because I'm not overly, fussed about the political side of it or the voting side of it I'm just a supporter that wants to get up on a Saturday and decide whether to go to football or not that's it and also how do we get my, my question to you too is how do we get younger people involved in the Don's Trust when I don't think we we really for me it feels like we don't really want them to be included in the Don's Trust and people would, will be shouting at the radio now or whatever they're listening or saying this is false but if you look across the candidates again there's not really anyone under the age of what 40 you know someone to come out and say there are that there's not really many people do you know what i mean but there ain't there ain't many people that are young on the on the on the don's trust board yeah uh, uh, i've seen don's trust board members shouting down people uh, on social media uh they might disagree with them they might not like them but you're a don's trust board member you're pretty much a director of a football club and you're having petty arguments on facebook and social media which i think is just puts people off as well yeah. and then again if you look at the social media now with regards to these elections it's just a joke isn't it that the, the amount of shit going on you'd think why am i even going to bother because it is just political stuff that i don't want to get involved with i don't want to be if i have a different view to a i'm going to get absolutely abused by b c and d do you know what i mean uh, and people yeah, it's, it's a bit c and d then you know, yeah, but it's like it's, it's like it's like the general election for me at the moment is that you've got your Labour voters being really, really, really loud about it, but your Conservative voters are really quiet and they'll just go and vote, and then people will go, "Well, where the fuck did they win?" Do you know what I mean? Because the loudest people are shouting loudest. Do you get what I mean mm -hmm. by that? And that's what it seems to me. The the people that is so loud at the moment is that not everyone can get heard, so or some you, people do just think I don't want to be heard. So do you feel that? And again, it's such a tricky balance because. I totally understand the way that they do it. And I think if I wasn't a Wimbledon fan outsider or, or not a Wimbledon fan at all watching, I'd be like, well, the Don's Trust guys, they're interested that they make the vote. With a stuff like a survey, I wonder if there's a fan survey that we do. And if I, hopefully someone out there will be able to tell us on a comment. So we actually get a general consensus across the board on some of these key issues, because it will be much more interesting for... If, if the fan ownership conversation was 75% to 25% and there was something else that popped up, I just wonder whether the Don's Trust, who are, you know, a smaller percentage of the entire Wimbledon fan base, if you can show that you have been, you, you've got a track record of buying Wimbledon merchandise or you've got a track record of buying match tickets or season tickets or whatever it is, I wonder whether there are things like the Don's Trust board whether that might entitle you to have an input or, or wait, a, a weighted vote where if you're in the Don's Trust, you get three votes. But actually, if you are a purchaser of a certain amount of things, you get one vote. And if you're a season ticket, you get two. Just to kind of balance that argument. So it's a much more, a better reflection, increase the percentage of people involved. So we get a much more accurate demographic. Yeah, I agree. And I think the problem with that, Danny, is so hard to do is to get the survey i don't know if we could do anything at the ground where you get just people asking questions to fans as they come through the turnstiles and stuff because 
how many new fans have we gained since we moved back to Plough Lane? And yeah, how many of them? How many of them are now Don's Trust members? I, I, I wouldn't know the figures. I'm, I, I, my opinion and guessing is a lot, not a lot of them will be because a lot yeah. of them are just coming down and think right. But if we actually said to them, "Are you a Don's Trust member?" No. Why? This is the reason. Would you be interested if you know you can vote on this? And we might be able to get more engagement. I also want to say that we got to remember that the Don's Trust board members are Wimbledon fans. Yeah. yeah. And they put in a hell of a lot of hard work. As much as we, they get slagged and as much as we are going to criticise and be critical, they, 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 their hearts are in a good place. They are and doing they're putting it. Their hand up, the, aren't they? They are doing up. it. Yeah, they are doing it for the love of the club. And, and everyone who's put their hand up to be nominated for the elections as well now, but they're not doing it for their own gain. Well, I hope they're not doing it for their own gain. I hope they're doing it for the love of the club. We've got people from abroad now coming involved with the board uh, Don Strauss elections. Do you know what I mean? And it's it is good that we're opening up worldwide. And, and people are doing it for the love of Wimbledon. And we've got to remember these people are fans at the end of the day. Their views and their opinions might be different to ours, but everyone deserves to be heard and listened to. And have have a debate, not an argument. Yeah. I was going to say, Lee, then, and I'll maybe pass it then after. So we're not, I, I haven't read the manifestos and I'm not going to comment on it, but what do you think a four-person panel of Don's Trust fans moving us forward for a couple of years what does that look like? What do you think we need as a group? So, I mean, I can kick us off if you, if you want me to kick it off. Yeah, it would go be on. good to have um, somebody on the board who um, is, frankly, from a different demographic from, than, than white male. It would be quite good to either have a female on or have somebody of, of a different ethnicity to give us a completely different viewpoint as to what we you traditionally would have. And I think it's important to have that. I would love someone to be on the on the Don's Trust who I'm not saying it's fan owned 100 percent and I'm not saying that they have to throw it out, but someone who's prepared to have a conversation about the possibility of not just external investments through this game or something else, but a genuine conversation about, okay, have we reached where we're going to be? Are we realistically going to get to where we want to be? And is this actually still a working model? Because I'm a big fan of fan ownership, but if it was a model that was hugely successful in football, a lot of other teams would do it and they don't. So it's, it's, I, I'm a, I am for it, but on, on a panel, it would be nice. I'm not saying it's got to be 100% outside investment, but it would be nice to have a panel who are mature enough and have got the experience to open up a conversation about it. That's for sure. And I also would be quite interested to see a comp- maybe some, maybe some new fresh ideas. We've kind of, the current board have, have gone through a hell of a lot. It must be exhausting. We've had the stadium, COVID, must be knackering. It'd be interesting to see whether there's any sort of new ideas and fresh energy that can, can bring us, because we've had a lot over the last, a load of change. And I wonder whether or not having um, some fresh ideas might benefit us. But I don't know what you think, Lee. No, I agree with what you're saying there, Dan. I think it, it needs fresh people on the board. I think fresh ideas... The one we've, we, we've got to remember that we've got a four and a half million bridging loan that needs to be paid back in April. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm 100%, I love fan ownership. I think it's brilliant, but it's got to work. We can't have this, we'll go back to non-league days if, if, if it comes to it. No, we're a, we're a good League One team in, in a, a brilliant, beautiful stadium. We've got to make that work. And if that means that sometimes we might have to talk about outside investment and we might have to look at that and we might have to sell more shares, then I think that needs to be talked about. Uh, 
I don't like the idea of never being able to discuss it again or never being able to put that on the table because not being rude, we've, we've all got kids who one day in 20 years' time might turn around and go, football's moved on a hell of a lot. Look at where it was when we were 20 years ago. It's moved on a hell of a lot and might go, well, actually, the only way to survive nowadays is people putting investment in, you know what I mean? Or having 20 people buy out a club and look after it that way. And again, as I said, the Don's Trust Board have done brilliant. If you look, we, we were at Plough Lane and some of the stuff they've done is great, but it can't be a closed shop. It can't be the same people on the board all the time, just yes, men or women. We have to have a few people that disagree. And, and Do you think, I think there's an argument then, Dan, that you like similar to like an American election. Once you're elected for one term, you don't do another. If there's if there's enough people who want to do it, do you think that's fair? Yeah, yeah, there could be. I think if you look at the candidates that are actually up for uh, nominations, a lot of the manifestos are actually quite different. A lot of them obviously mention finance and uh, no to outside investment. Some of them mention no to outside investment, full stop. But probably 70% of them seem to be open to it as long as obviously Don's Trust remain with a, with a deciding vote. Uh, but if you actually look at those manifestos, you could, you could run something like that. If you've got 12 nominations, you could sort of say, OK, well, you, you know, you've got a year or you've got 18 months and then you put your ideas to the board, to the club. We'll see if they can work. And then 18 months time, you've got someone else that might want to, put some fresh ideas in uh, again if you've got if you've got 12 nominations and i mean i don't know how many people is it is it for one position is it or there's there's there's, there's five will get voted on to the board five right five, so sorry five so you're, you're going to have uh, the thing is if you have five people that are, that are going to go onto the board if those five people have all got the same ideas then there's nothing else whereas if you if you moved it on every 18 months another five could then come in and say, right, okay, you, you've had your go, if you like. This is what we want to do now. But you might get a mixture. But I don't, I don't, reading the manifestos, I don't think that's what you're going to get. I think you're going to get five people that have all got the same ideas. I, Dan, I totally agree. And this is what we say with regards to this podcast is obviously me and, me and Dan get along quite well. We agree on a lot of stuff. But we, we, we want people to come on here who don't agree with us, mm -hmm. who, who go actually, and on Facebook, social media, Twitter and stuff like that, we, I get quite a lot of it, then come on and talk to I'm not going to slag you off or put you down. Come on and talk. And that's what we want from a board. We want someone to go on there and actually go, no, I disagree with that. And then go, why do you disagree with it? This is the reason. And then you go, and then you sit back and go, actually, think about it. Because this is the problem with social media at the moment is a lot of stuff's taken out of context. It's written, yeah. written very quickly without fault and it's written down. Uh, some bad reactive. English some, it's reactive and, and, and a lot of it's bad English especially from my point of view where I forget They're commas and full stops your... and people read it totally different to what it actually is meant to sound like and as Dan's you speak to someone in a pub you, you say the same thing and it's totally different it's not like it's like if I went ah oh, Dan you bastard or I went Dan you're a fucking bastard That's two different ways of saying stuff isn't it do you know what mm -hmm. I mean one's a joke one's not but again with regards to what your question Dan about uh, Baker about uh what I want from a Don's Trust, but I want better comms, massively. We mentioned it quite a lot. I think the comms from the club, comms from the Don's Trust need to be 100% better. They they have to, we have to interact with all fans and it has to be, but we've got our younger fans, our older fans, we have to interact better so people know what's going on, so people are aware, do you know what I mean? Because the comms at the moment is just falling down for me. 
it is, I mean, like I said, and it's not just the comms regarding the club, but it's also the comms that people are doing um, between each other has been pretty poor, to be honest. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that once we can kind of, I won't lie to you, what, look at it, it's like civil war. It's like, honestly, it's like watching civil war. You've got, I believe in this, you believe in that. Social media does that anyway. It's very, you don't believe what I'm doing, so therefore you must be wrong. We spoke, me and Dan spoke a long time on the train to Cambridge. And um, in between playing, never mind the Boscox, which was great, guess the tune. It was the whole, whole, whole train, the whole train were doing it. But it was just like, there's this sort of, you're either A or B, and there's nowhere in the middle. And I'm just hoping that we don't, that the conversations that we're having here, which has been hopefully being relatively diplomatic and people can come on, that we don't lead ourselves to a, a civil war type thing where it's like, right, you're in this camp or that camp. And if I'm not in this camp, then do you know what? I'm not going to bother. I just worry whether the whole of this fan ownership, Don's trust, whether it's a generational thing and whether the next generation, your boy, for instance, Lee, and my, my little girl and, and Dan's kid, 20 years time, whether they'll be like, Oh mate, shut up! I, I, I'm not interested. Whether it's just a generational thing, who've experienced it, because the kids at my school who go and watch Wimbledon, they've got no idea about MK. They've got no idea about the and, the, and the sittings and the Charlie Cobble stuff. They've this is no in it. and this is what I was going to say. They haven't lived it, and we didn't live the the, the stuff from the non-league days where yeah. we struggled to get into the fourth division. It was Don's four, Div four, and all that stuff. And yeah, they've not lived it. And at the end of the day, they're looking at it thinking, why is everyone going mad? Why not get outside investment when we've got plough lane? Yeah. We were at Sellers before, so it was easier to take a football club away. You know, they had us over a barrel pretty much. I know it should never happen, and it 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 did happen, but we, we were easier to take away than a QPR or mm -hmm. something at Luton because they had a foundation. We've got that now. We've got our foundation. We've got our links in the community. We've got D-Lag. We've got everything that's good for the club. So saying no to outside investment outright is just madness to me. And I get why people do I get, I get it. People were really, really hurt, me included, right? Yeah. Uh, and my missus said to me the other day, she goes, I, I kind of get it with you because you, you hate it so much. You hate what happened. But think about what's come out of it that is good. Definitely. We have Plough Lane. As, and I get people go, well, that's fan ownership that's done that. But it can only, we, we've got to hit a glass ceiling. And sometimes I think we're better than that glass ceiling that we should break through it. We're Wimbledon. Sorry, Dan, I just want to put, because we are roughly, point I wanted to say to you lot is stuff with guys, social media and stuff like that. What I don't like is when B says something, A comes along, but then also all of A's mates jump mm -hmm. on B as well. So it like, it's a big gang going on one person. And then you've got B's mates and come back against A. Let's just have a debate against people. I also don't like the fact that social media, uh, on, on Facebook, we've had this conversation before where things have been deleted again. There's conversations that have been deleted and because they don't, the, the admin don't agree with it. It's like free speech. As long as it ain't, there's no racism, homophobia, stuff like that. There's no one proper having a go at someone and bullying. Then just leave it there for people to read. Then they can make their own minds up. And also, if you don't like something, just scroll on. I yeah, don't get this. Yeah. I don't get this thing where people have to announce who they're voting for and who they're not voting for. I know. I, I am I, not it's voting for this, isn't it? It's people. People wanting to put their hand up and say what they're doing. I, I announce I it. Go on, mate. Just, just vote for it. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead, mate. No, I'll just say I, I totally agree, but I don't really understand the whole culture of being completely um, alien. And obviously, we've spoken a lot. I've spoken a lot about. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm for um, looking into. I'm not saying I'm for investment i'm happy to be fan owned and ha i'm happy where we are but what i find frustrating is when we've got a lot of the fan base who want to kick on who are like right we can we want to be in the higher end of league one or possibly championship and a lot of people are against it because of what's happened they don't realize that 
of the 92 football league clubs, there actually are a hell of a lot of good owners who are financially prudent, who are community based, who are responsible adults. And if you were to look at the clubs in the football league, a lot of people go, yeah, you've got your derbies and of course that's bad. And you've got what happened at Berry, which is bad. That's two out of 92. <laughs> we're talking about a hell of a lot. And you can't call people like Ashley a bad manager, a bad owner because ultimately they've kept them alive. And they just because they don't invest a huge amount of money doesn't mean that you're a dreadful owner. I get completely, I love the story. It's Hollywood, it's us, I get it. But I don't know whether or not we can continue to have the aspiration that a lot of the fans have on going up the leagues and being more successful and marrying that up with, we'll get all of our money in plow lane. That is not going to happen, I don't think, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Dan Lewis, just before we come to you for the last point on the matter, I just want to say, yeah, Dan, that's exactly how I feel regarding that, is there's a lot of good owners. It's like customer service. You only really hear about on the news all about the bad customer service mm -hmm. that you receive. You never really hear about the good customer service. On the odd occasion, you will. But most of the time, if you have good customer service, you just think, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I'll shop there again. And I might mention it to missus. But you have bad customer service, you hear about it worldwide. Same as in football. You have bad ownership, it's on the news. Talk sport, yeah. boom, And like boom, I said, boom. we're not condoning it either way. Lest it's Leicester have got great the conversation, that's all. Leicester, Leicester have had great owners. Middlesbrough have got a great owner in Gibson. You've got uh, Accrington with, uh, what's his name? A great Andy owner. Holt. You've got some really good owners out there who do great stuff in the community. And again, I'm, I, I love the fan ownership model. I do. But there comes to a point when you've got four and a half million pounds worth of debt at the moment that needs to be paid off in April. We currently don't have the money. You also have to have a team competitive on the pitch to keep people coming in to make more money. Uh, and there's a, there's, a, there's a point where we have to go, yeah, it's breaking point. Sorry, Dan, you've made the last point and we can move on then, mate. Yeah, I, I do. I actually think, I think Baker mentioned it earlier. I think it's a generational thing. I think if you look at the, the, the candidates on the board, they're all of a certain age and they've obviously been scarred by what's happened in the past. And there's a trust issue with outside investment. Understandably, yeah. New, uh, yeah, understandably. But I think you could reach a point in, say, 10 or 15 years where the new generation of support is going to come through and they're going to say, well, we don't want to be stuck down the bottom of League One or the middle of League Two. If, if we can get outside investment to progress further, then that's what they're going to want. No, agree. And totally agree. My, my missus said to me the other day, she said, uh, she said, say you was with a girl and she broke, she bro broke your heart and she dumped you. Would you then, would you then, happen. but would you then go, I'll never go with another girl again in case that happens again? Well, yeah, that we can't. Available, so I had to. Got but then, then I turned around to her and said, to be fair, if I was going to lose my football club again, I'd dump you in a heartbeat. That didn't go down well, but. It's football over misses, isn't well, it? She's so. been eyeing it up for, for weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's over. I think for. the key thing with all of this is can we just be open and have a conversation and have information that we can have, have a full menu? At the moment, we're ordering a food, looking at one thing and ordering it. Can we get the full menu and then we can decide properly? And yeah. if, people are, if people are debating about who they want and who they don't want on the board on social media, there's no point in starting a slanging match. The, like Lee said earlier, the people who are going for the vote, they, they're all AFC fans. They All they want is what is best for the football club. That is it. Vote, yeah. There's no ulterior motive. They're not doing it for financial reasons. They haven't, you know, they're, they're not going to suddenly go, oh, here's another, you know, here's an outside investment. I'm going to take over the club. It's not going to happen. They're, they are only doing it for the benefit of AFC. That is it. No, I get, and, and that's what I said. Like, we're all fans at the end of the day. And this is, wouldn't happen at any other club because of fan ownership. 
you have got fans then debating with fans who are on the board. I suppose you ain't got fans then debating with Daniel Levy because he don't listen to it because he's getting paid yeah. handsomely and doing it for Spurs. Where we have got people on the board who are working their asses off for AFC Wimbledon, but then yeah. don't like it when they get criticism from AFC Wimbledon fans. And it's just a catch two twenty catch. 22 yes, situation. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. We'll move on. And when we come back, we'll talk about the FA Cup game against Geisley. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back and we're going to be speaking about the FA Cup game on Saturday against Geisley. Uh, is it a banana skin, boys, or should we easily dismantle these? What league are they in? Conference North? North. More importantly, is it a big game, this? Yes. Okay, how big are we talking? Well, we lose. That's one win in nine and we've just been knocked out against... I thought you were going to say, if we lose, we're out of the cup. And I was going to that. Yes. yes. Well, no, if we lose this one win in nine and we've just been knocked out of the cup by a Conference North team, it's pretty bad. Okay. Be, yeah, I think if we lose, I might be calling for Robbo's head. Wow. Uh, oh, mate, it's, it is a big game. And also, cup money, we need, we've got power loan off. Uh, so we need a big, big cup this year. We need to do well in the cups. Yeah, it's big for me. Sorry, boys, I'm still going. Dan, is she wearing, she wore, she wore a yellow ribbon. It, oh, it, uh, yellow ribbon in the merry month of May. Oh, hopefully. Uh, I've, it's a banana skin, but I can't. I can't see how we're going to lose. If you look at their, didn't they have like ten guys oh, out with COVID? Fifteen. So last last <laughs> Saturday they lost five one to Darlington, and they had fifteen players missing through COVID. That obviously includes staff as well. And before their last game, they had to sign six players on an emergency dual registration just so they could get the game on. I love this because you've done your homework, which on oh, Geisley, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's the FA Cup. Uh, uh, I just I look uh, at Geisley. I saw Geisley Conference North. Oh fuck, it would do them easy. Easily. Yeah. Well, if you look at the if you look at the form, yeah, we should do. Uh, obviously, a lot will depend on if Robbo's going to rest any players. Uh, they're also managed by Marcus Bignot. Remember him, Bakes? Yeah. Yeah, I do know them. Actually, yeah, yeah, he's a joint manager with a guy called Russ O'Neill. But if you look at their if you look He's at their, out all the stats, any look. If you look at their squad, statue, uh, statue. Well, yeah. If you look at their squad and their situation with COVID, emergency loans, dual, they, they got they got six players that are registered to play for two different clubs. That's like, that's what I love about non-league. You're not missing days where you have to give seven days notice. <laughs> representation you'd say look i want to speak to like john main you go yeah you've got seven days and then you can do it so what do you mean right i'm going to say a list of players you've got to tell me whether they're playing or not on saturday ollie palmer plays yeah yeah give him the first 45 minutes at least okay darius charles no 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 are you the yes no yes he has to play. He's out of form at the moment. And what better way to put him in form is play him against Conference North team. Maybe get a goal, get a couple of assists, get his confidence up. Remember, one of, I said this, I said we should rest players and we should maybe bring in a couple of youth if we've got them. And then one of my mates said, well, no, because they've got a week off the next week. So let's go yeah, all that's at a good it. Point. Absolutely yeah, yeah. smash Geisley to bits. Yeah, Easy, yeah. sounds harsh. <laughs> but smash them, get some minutes into legs that need minutes, get some confidence into people like McCormick and Sal. Uh, and then they've got a week off the next week. 
Aaron Presley. Yes, go two up. Dan? Uh, I'd, I'd play two up, but I wouldn't play. I wouldn't start with Presley. I'd start with Mabude and then maybe bring Presley on. See, I'm interested in Mbude up front because we've played him as a yeah. winger, which he ain't. He's a striker. Yeah, we haven't given him a chance to go up top. What an opportunity. What a game's uh, yeah. doing. No, I, I agree. And I also agree that it's the time to maybe go with a different formation to try it out because Geisley ain't, yeah. ain't going to be doing that for us. But all right, who else? Last one. Guy, I don't think... I, I think he might have played almost every minute. Woodyard. No, it's Because he's played a lot, isn't he? Woodyard and Hart are going to play a lot, but Woodyard's played a hell of a lot, hasn't he? I th- I think has he been suspended yet? He always loves a yellow card, has he? Nah, he's, this year, I think yeah. he's only one. You know why? It's because the, the, the crowd, the refs don't really see it. Yeah. Where the, so Woodyard, I, is he playing? Having a breather? Uh, I think he'll play if George Marsh is not fit, yeah. I think you play both. What, Woodyard and Hartigan? I think you have to, because who else have we got at the moment? Well, you could play Rodoni in the middle. Could play no. McCormick in the middle. No. Could play um, Henry Lawrence in the middle. No. Okay, all right. What's your start? What's your team now? I'd go. I'd go Zanev in goal. Yeah. I'd go Nesta, Soccer, Hennigan, Lawrence. You play Hennigan as well. I, yeah. I know we haven't got anyone else, but he's also another guy who's played a lot. We ain't got no other centre backs. I can't. I can't think of any other centre backs. Uh, I, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, and then, would you go? It's hard because I want two up front. So do we go four four two? But then, who do you play as your wingers? We got no wingers. That's when Mabude comes in, I'm afraid. Or yeah. do we go back to the yeah. old four two two two? I don't know. It's your team, mate. Do we go? Do we? Do we? Do we go? <laughs> Woodyard, Hartgun, McCormick, Asal, and then Mabude uh, and and uh, oh, Palmer. Palmer. Oh, Presley. Presley's getting a rest. What are you doing, Dan? What do you think? Or do you go if three at the back? If you were Robbo, Dan, what would you be doing? Uh, well, if I was Robbo. I know exactly what he's thinking. He's going to be thinking, regardless of what I say, he's going to be thinking, I need to play my strongest team because there must be hundreds of clubs that have looked at the fixtures, FA Cup first round and thought, this will be a walk in the park, rested four or five players and then got knocked out. Regardless of whether they're in form or not, he's going to be probably thinking, I play my best team to try and get us back into form. They then got a week off and then we go again at Portsmouth. So do you think the balance is to play the best team and have a better chance of going through but you might you, there is obviously that possibility of a player getting injured or yeah, I think I think that's to say we'll, we'll, we want to keep all of our best players fit but if we if we lose we, we, we increase the chance of losing Lee? Yeah I, I don't think Robbo's thinking that I think Robbo's thinking process 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 because I think he goes to sleep thinking about processes Dinner dinner uh, dinner <laughs> Well that's what I always go to sleep <laughs> I go to sleep thinking about food all the time but anyway uh I'd think I actually think we. I'm going to change it now. I think we should go three five two. Oh, he's changed it. There's no process here. There's no process, process, process. You've just Dan, handed your team shit into your to the ref as well. So yeah. Dan Soccer, uh, what's his face? Darius <laughs> Hennigan. Darius Hennigan or Ben Hennigan? Uh, D- Darius Den Hennigan. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought he's calling it. Ben Charles. Emery Lawrence is your right wing back. Nesta Guinness Walker is your left wing back. Rest Woodyard. Go Hartigan. McCormick, Asal, Mbudi, uh Palmer up front, Bosch, we walk out, FA Cup second round, we've just smashed guys these six now. So you're playing Asal <laughs> in centre midfield as one of the three? Yes. Okay. And, okay, all right. 
No. Oh, wait. What, what, what are you doing then? Because you, you, you're giving me a lot of criticism here, but I'm not hearing no fit, like, do you know what I mean? No debate. We cannot, to this. I, I'm, I, as we have spoken about Lee, I respect your opinion and, and I'm not going to swear at you. Um, I, mean, I, I, I would be, I think it's got to be a mixture. So I, I think the keeper definitely plays and that's fine. I would try, I think he's going to try and keep to a relatively similar formation. So I think he's going to play um, Shea Alexander. And I think he's going to play um, um, Henry Lawrence, one of those two at right back. And I think he'll play, definitely play Guinness Walker because um, I think he'll just be a bit quicker. What about Chislet? Do you think he'll play? Well, I think this is the uh, this is the balance with something like Chislet. <laughs> is I know he I know he has struggled to impact on games, but you would think that with nine other first teamers you have, you you could potentially pick another one of those players. But what is interesting, as Lee was saying, and by the way, at this point, well done to the youth team who won at Woking on Tuesday. Yeah, 7-0, uh, right? um, We did win at Woking. We won against Woking. We were at home, Danny. I know. And so we, 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 we beat Woking on Tuesday. You went, no, you went, <laughs> well done to the youth who won at Woking. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Lee Finch, everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting balancing act between what, how we're going to do it. I personally think he'll he'll shuffle his pack a little bit, but not too much. I definitely wouldn't be playing Palmer. And it's would, absolutely would you Would you rest Presley altogether and bring Bartley in? Oh, or good would point. you Presley good on the point. bench? I think, I think Bartley's on the bench and he comes on if we're two free up with 15 to go, definitely. Um, but I think the, the, the thing with Presley, though, but that, that's, that's the other balance is that Presley's going to go away with Scotland. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing or not, but he is going to go away and actually be getting minutes and playing games. So whether or not Robbo's thinking, well, do you know what, is it a balance? The thing, OK, this is the other side of it, though. Do, do you have him on the it. bench then, just in case? Well, the, the, can you imagine, though, you play Oli Palmer, he hasn't played in ages. He plays in the game against Geisley or Geisley, whatever, Geisley, whatever you want to call them, and he, get, he pulls up after an hour. We are going to be absolutely devastated. So you're starting Bartley? No, I'm not starting Bartley. I'm just oh, saying that I think like I would start Presley because, but I'm a bit concerned because he's but, been a bit leggy and he's had a lot of game time. And maybe you go Palmer with Bartley coming on. You've got Presley on the bench if you need him. And I play Mabude. I play Mabude Chislet. A Sal can have the week off with McCormick. Right? Can we stop with the Chislet, please? He's not. No, he's nowhere near it. Nizzle. Not having him right at all. Chizzy so, Rascal. He's no, got to no. play. You've got to give him a game, mate. It don't matter how many nicknames he's got. He's not coming. Right? <laughs> uh, he's not coming. <laughs> right? You have... I'm I, I actually changing it again, right? I'm having Presley... So, hold on. Process, process, process. I know we said that word three times. You haven't got to change the team three times. Presley and, and Booty. Because I like your point about Palmer. You start Palmer and he... he pulled, save Palmer for the last 30 minutes. But have Presley and then Booty starting. Because, again... This, they are a conference north team. They are going to be hopefully a bit leggy. And they're going when, to be quite when, physical, they, when, when does their COVID period finish? Is that finished? Well, I don't know that that was a good. That is. Yeah, I think it. I think it has. I think Come it on. has finished. Because we have got the Geisley fan on Dan Lewis, so. I, I think it has finished, but obviously it might have finished. But if I don't know how many of those players actually had COVID, but. Uh, they're also going to. Are they? Part, I'm guessing they're going to be a part-time team. Yeah, yeah, and, and if they've had yesterday. COVID, you don't know how bad they would have had it, and if they are, have even been able to train. Very true, because some people are systematic. Is it? No, no but non... Is it not systematic? <laughs> <laughs> That's out of Greece, isn't it? <laughs> but is it non... non 
symptomatic. Non-symptomatic. Non symptomatic. <laughs> and some people go <laughs> grease lightning. And some people have it really bad, don't they? They get what long long COVID. Symptomatic. The good thing about it though is if they don't have any taste, they won't be able to taste the burgers. So that's decent. Uh but yeah, you don't know how, how seriously I've had it, and they could be tight. I, I actually agree with maybe Embudi and Presley, and then you bring on Bartley and Palmer. But yeah, it's good shouts, boy. Well, right, before we move on, because we have been waffling around. Predictions. You can go first. Go on, Dan. Uh, two now. Two. Yeah, two. Not, not, not to them. We leave it to guys. That's a complete disaster. Two now to us. All right, Dan. I'm going to say it's going to be a very, very cagey first half with lots of high balls and it's going to be a bit of a rough and a tumble. We're going to get to half time and think, oh my Lord. We're going to look over to the main stand and see all the lovely little kids and sitting there and thinking, wasn't that a lovely initiative? And they've Thank come to a dreadful game. And then we're going to score about the 60th minute and then we're going to probably get a couple of late goals and I think we might, might win it. Two or three nil. I'm going to say three nil. And Chizzy Rascal is going to score. All right. 7 1. Uh, 7 1. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed in this because Presley's going to get four, which yes, puts him on eight. your bet done. Cheers, that thank puts you. him on eight. So, yeah, I'm worried for the rest of the season. Uh, McCormick's uh, going to get one. Asel's going to get one. And then Bartley's going to come on in the last minute, get one as well. 7 1 Wimbledon. Bosch, second round. See you later. Let's have some. Right. Let's move on. Uh, when we come back, is Aaron Ramsdale the best loan we've ever had? The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back uh, and we're going to be discussing Aaron Ramsdale. Is he the best loan we've ever had? And will he be the first AFC Wimbledon player to play for England? What do you reckon, boys? Yes. Uh, yes, I I probably do think that he is the best loan we've ever had. Uh, I think the players we've had before, I mean, I've written a few down who obviously stood out as good. Jake Travis. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you look at the impact he actually made, it wasn't just his... Uh, his performances with his shot stopping and his distribution, it was just everything about him was more professional. We looked a lot more solid with him in goal. And I just think he looked, he looked head and shoulders above everybody else. And in the league that we were in, he was, you could tell he was far too good for that league. What was a better, what was a better save? The Luton save or the Arsenal Leicester save? Yeah, I love the Arsenal Leicester one, but the Luton one for me is because he kind of slips yeah, and then to get back up and then to tip that is just unbelievable. Uh, I we're obviously talking about Aaron Ramsdale because he's obviously been doing well for uh, Arsenal, but it's the, the when he signed for Arsenal, the, the stuff that Arsenal fans said about him, which really <laughs> annoyed me and upset me yeah. because I've, I spoke to Arsenal fans. They're like, "Well, we should do well for you." He was in League One. <laughs> it's like, but it's the stuff he does off the pitch that has raised the game at Arsenal and still does it, Lee. He was at the game the other day, signing autographs. Playing football with kids. Yeah, but it's I just the wonder whether that loan spell at us, I, I'm not saying, well, I'm not trying to say that we're going to claim any credit, far from it. 
But I wonder whether that loan spell just gave him a bit of a right wallop. Considering he went off, obviously, with the Bournemouth and Chelsea United, etc. But I wonder how important, when we when he looks back at his career, was that loan spell? Uh, I, I think you're making a bit bit much out of that because I think... Wow. He, I think No, because he is that kind of person. He, he's got the same personality at Arsenal as he did as yeah, ASC Wimbledon, which is going to take him further in his career because he has got that... He makes a save. He literally goes around just going mental in front of all the defenders. So the defender looks back and goes, yeah, let's have some of this, where I don't think Arsenal had that. We're talking about some of the best loans, and you think you what you said there about... Look at people like Kelly Roos. Kelly Roos mm-hmm. had an awful loan after us at Bristol Rovers, where they yeah. sent him back because they said he couldn't catch a cold. Uh, and Dobson, now, has he done anything at Charlton? He, he's back in the frame now, Dobson. But yeah, look, he, he came down he to us. Insane. And I thought it was absolutely magnificent. Another one we haven't mentioned is Marcus Force. Yeah. yeah. He's now yeah. a Premier League footballer. And did, he not get, did he not get our young player of the year? Who, Force? Yeah. Yeah, and also I think Force is up there with Ramsdale as one of our best loans we've ever had. Oh, he was ridiculous. His finishing was absolutely ridiculous. I've always said he's one of the best finishers you'll ever see in an AFC women's shirt. Better than Jake Jervis. I don't care what people say. <laughs> I think you're talking nonsense. You think anyone's better than Jake Jervis, mate. But what, yeah, what about just... Michael Smith? Yeah, another good. good one has gone on to do really well. I tell you the George one who Monker. was really disappointed I thought would be excellent and he didn't quite do it was Danny Hilton. Oh, I know people I looked, find it annoying, see, yeah. but I think yeah. he a, was a quality forward. Luton he, was. Didn't he was. Just, he just didn't quite just do it. He wasn't a very nice time. person, though, was he? I was going to say he's a wind-up merchant, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, but he was a wanker off the pitch, so... But he just didn't, he didn't quite, it didn't quite go his way, did it? But I'll, tell you who I, I'll tell you who I did like when we were under Ardley in League Two. Who, they, he was initially on those, Billy Knott. Billy Knott. Yeah. Unfortunately, he struggled with his mental health at the end of his career. He'd yeah, done really well at Bradford. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's around where I live now, playing non-league. He was at Bowers and Pitsy and Billy. That's it, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I saw him play Bowers against... Uh, Wolfenstein. Oh, no, Hornchurch in the FA Cup uh, third qualifying round last year. Because I don't know if you remember, Bakes, we went to Port Vale when we were right down the bottom of League Two under Ardley. It might have even been under... Uh, I think it was under Ardley, actually. And we were officially struggling down the bottom. And we went to Port Vale, who was struggling. And in that week, we signed Billy Knott, George yeah, Monker and Harris. Jason Yule all on loan. And they all started... Harrison as well, didn't yeah, they all, And they all started at Port Vale away. Yeah, Jason Yule went off injured, I think, just before half-time. But Moncur and not just changed the game around. And we won. And that little run pushed us up mm. the table. And I think Long... Uh, Long? He was the goalie. Billy Knott and Moncur, they were very good. Yeah. I've got I've got two for you as well. The uh, Remember when we played Dover in the FA Cup when we were back in non-league days? And we signed one, Fraser one Franks. And we signed Fraser Franks. Uh, Fra- Fraser Franks. <laughs> And thanks, thanks, Fraser Franks. And we signed the other centre back. His name's just gone out of my head. Paul Lorraine. Uh, no, it wasn't Paul Lorraine. <laughs> it was someone else. He, and we won that game one 0 And without them two at the yeah. back, we were they there, literally mate. come. They come in on the Wednesday. And they played on the Saturday, and it was unbelievable. But yeah, I, I I think Aaron Ramsdale was pivotal to us staying up that season. Yeah. And I think he will go on and play for England. Oh, he will. Uh, I think he'll play yeah. the next international. I think. I don't. He I, will. I think the weight. Bearing in mind, I mean, I know Pickford has been fantastic for England, but I just think the sheer, the save, the sheer momentum. He won't stuff, drop Pickford. You don't think he will? 
He never dropped Pickford at the moment unless Pickford does something stupid or he gets oh, injured. I think Ramsdale gets injured. Ramsdale's ahead of Johnston now in the England squad. So the Sam next, Johnson, so the next yeah. international window, which is what, next week, is there a friendly yeah. or is it just two? No idea. Who qualifies? I think Ramsdale gets some minutes. Though. I think he's. I think he's been. I think he's been. If, that if good it's a friend, if it's a friendly, he might play. But if it's in the if it's a qualifier, I think he'll go with Pickford. Let's still. be honest. That save. Anyone surprised? No, no. We were in the pub. He made it. I mean, the other thing as well. People forget the second save is also pretty good. Yeah. Like the first save, you think, "Oh my days!" And then the second save to get down and make it. I think he, like I said, I think he's a great guy. And the one that I think in that year. He was the he was the link between the players on the pitch and us. I mean, Cole, and again, the thing that's always interested, you look at King, no, Trot the year after, who I thought was a decent keeper, by the way. I don't think there was anything wrong with Nathan Trot. Playing in France now. But it was just like where what Ramsdale gave you and what Trot gave you in terms of connection with the fans, verbal, commanding his box, aggression, yeah. support. He just didn't no one else, I've not seen anyone connect. As no. quickly with a fan base um, as him, but he's done, he's doing it at Arsenal now. He's, yeah. he's yeah. connected with their fan base, and some of the stick that he got, you'd think, oh, but nah, he's gone there and thought, no, I'll show you all, Long and then you'll be seeing my name on there. Really so I'll ask the guy. question. I'll ask the question, Danny Baker. Yes, is Aaron Ramsdale the best loan we've ever had? As uh, in player, not what it is. He the best player. We've the best player we've had on loan, not, yeah, not, not the best loan. Not, not the best loan, but the best player we've ever had on loan. Um, yeah, I think you have to for, for the level that we for the level that we're playing at. Um, yeah, obviously Tenai Watson is close, but um, <laughs> oh, about, don't mention don't mention what about Ryan name? Clark. Ryan no, Clark. Do you know who he plays for now? Tenai. Do you know? Is it Tenai? Yeah, he's at MK Tenai, isn't he? Yeah, so don't mention him on my podcast. On your podcast, <laughs> by the fans for the fans. <laughs> I no, I think it. he is on a player point of view. Absolutely, I'm interested as well. While we're here, how many of how many of last year's loans would you have had back in Who the squad now? So Who's does Ryan Logman get in it this year? Yes. Longman does, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. um, at Hull, isn't he? Longman. Who? Oxenen. Who? Oxanen. No. No, Dan Oxenen. You having a bit of Oxenen? Yeah, is probably. Actually... Yeah. Oh, okay, what about uh, Darnell? Yes. Ooh. Hasn't played much uh, of Fleetwood. How can you? How can you even be thinking about it when we've he's only not got getting like, a game at Fleetwood, Lee? We've got two centre backs. One he, of them's Dan Soccer. He's not getting a game at Fleetwood. I don't care. No one's got. I mean, we've got one centre back. What are you saying? No, you'd rather have no one at centre back than play Darnell Johnson, who was cast. Not, not if he's injured. Then no. Well, if he's injured, you didn't say that. You didn't say he was injured. You just said well, he didn't that, get a game. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll take Dobson. You made it sound like that he wasn't getting picked, not that he wasn't. He was injured, so that's not bad. That's wrong on your point. That's wrong on your point. Was it last year or the year before? We had the guy on line from Brighton. It was at Lincoln now, wasn't he? Yeah, Max Sanders. Was that last year or year before? No, Uh, year before last. Max Sanders don't get near us. And he stayed. He's another one who I thought was excellent. Hasn't there's not many Don's loanees, by the way, who go on. I'll say it now. I'll say it now. Dobson don't get in our team this year. You still have him in the squad, wouldn't you? Well, that's you Marsh? In the squad. Have him over Marsh? I'd have him over Marsh, but I wouldn't have him over uh, Woodyard or Hartigan at the moment. Anyway, uh, boys. Lou, yeah. sorry, Danny's going on. Uh, Dan Lewis, is Aaron mm-hmm. Ramsdale the best ever player to come on loan to AFC Women? Yeah, without doubt. Wow. Cool. I'd say yes, and he's up there for me, him and Marcus Force. 
and then Jake Jervis next. But anyway, <laughs> right, boys, <laughs> we are done, complete. It's a long one tonight, everyone, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and boys, I'll see you. Are you going Saturday? I, I shall be going to um, the Ethan Chislett show, yep. No, next game, I'm going to Portsmouth on the 20th. I should be going to Portsmouth. Big drink up for that one. Right, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. See you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.